before I launch into an obscenely long homily, uh, just kidding, I wanted to freak out the people standing. Uh, are you guys, is this, are we back? Is the choir back? Okay, praise the Lord, right? Uh, we're so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. St. Augustine says, uh, the person who sings prays twice. And uh, the pandemic made it tough for our choir to assemble. But uh, so this is the first time I can think of in two years that we got the full court press. And uh, our prayer is better with you. Thank you. Um, I want to talk about uh, the, this candle uh, here, the, this big candle. Uh, and for those of you who aren't familiar, last night we had what we call the Easter Vigil, which was a service that began after sunset. That's always the rule. Once sun sets and it's dark outside, you start vigil. Um, and you start it outside in darkness. And then you light a fire and you pray that God bless that fire. And then you take charcoals out of the fire and you put them in the incense, uh, which we burn, right? We're remembering the scriptures numerous times, ready? Let my prayer rise like incense before you, O Lord, that every time we see that sweet, uh, every time we perceive that sweet-smelling smoke rising, we know our prayers rise and they smell sweet to our Lord. We think our prayers stink. Uh, they're, they're prayers of need. They're prayers of desperation. They're prayers of habit. And we think, well, it's not much, but it's from you. So it's sweet to our Lord. And then we take that flame and we light this candle, which is so beautifully, by the way, painted. Thank you. Uh, it's Deacon Dan's uh, daughter painted this. Um, I was going to, but that would be stickmen, and uh, <laughs> people would leave the church. Uh, but we call this the Paschal candle from the Greek word pash, where we get the word passion, and it refers to a love that's so intense it hurts. It's a love that consumes the person who has it, so we show it with a fire, with a candle. And that candle is consumed just like the fire of God's love for you and for me consumed him to the point of death. And we walk into a dark church. It's very dark in here. And the only light is this candle. And we sing, Christ our light, Christ our light. And then we take our little candles and we light them off there. And all of a sudden, sitting up here, by the way, uh, one reason to become a priest, you do get a seat every Easter, uh, every Christmas. <laughs> Fellas, think about it. Uh, <laughs> but you can just see this light spread through the whole church. And the whole church gets brighter. But this never gets dimmer. That pulling light off of this candle doesn't dim it. And all of this is a reminder for you and me that Christ is our light, that at times it's the darkness that feels defining. And maybe it's the darkness of our personal lives, the train wreck inside of each of us, where we're in the times sick of ourselves sometimes. Maybe this will resonate with you, right? This, this, this phrase, quote, I do not understand myself. I never do the good things I mean to do. 
I always do the things I hate. I set my mind about doing what is right, but I find that while my spirit is willing, my flesh is weak. Have you ever thought anything like this? Not as poetically. Uh, have you? That's rhetorical, but if you haven't, you're not paying attention. St. Paul wrote that. St. Paul. St. Paul. This is the struggle of saints. The struggle of saints is that gap that we keep seeing between the people we are and the people we know God is calling us to be. And that gap is a darkness. And there is a light in that darkness. And it's the light of love. It's a God saying to you, I don't need you to get it together for me to love you. Let me love you. Then you'll get it together. It's a big distinction. And we'll never experience the beauty of that light if we're not aware of the dark. There's darkness in our society. And I'm not going to get into it because that's what everybody does. Everyone we watch on TV or on the internet is great at describing what's wrong. But here is us. Here we are. Remind, remembering a light in the darkness. And what is that light? The love of God. Who can deal with messes pretty well. Who doesn't need us to have it together for us to shine brightly in the darkness. That whatever evils are successful in this world will come to an end. The things we worry about and fret about. The things we actually break relationships with each other about. Politics and other things like this. That's the darkness. Here's the light. Jesus Christ has won. Jesus Christ will win. It's just a matter of time. And while we wait, we have hope. We have hope. And hope is an optimism. It's not a sense of, gosh, I think things are going to get better. I always say this, right? When someone says to me, oh, Father, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm German, right? I always say, yeah, that's a train, you know. Uh, and it's coming to hit me. Uh, that's how I see This is an optimism. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit to strengthen within us this conviction that in heaven all will be set right. There is the darkness of the power of evil. And we talked a lot about this at Lent. The world, the flesh, the devil. All those enemies are defeated. They are tied up dogs. And we only get bit when we walk in range of the leash. But Christ has brought victory. That's our light. It can guide us and consume us when we are worried and afraid. It can guide us and consume us in the best way. When we heard that beautiful song, this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. All I, I could think of was my dad. That uh, when my mom went to be with the Lord, long hard fight with Alzheimer's. And the day of the funeral, I got to drive him to church. And again, we're German, so we arrived 17 hours earlier or something like this. 
and we pulled up to our parking spot, and as we sat there, I knew we were going in for a funeral for my mom, and I, I didn't want to do it. And it's not that I didn't want to pray her funeral. I didn't want her to be dead. And I sat in that front seat, and Dad sat in the seat next to me, and we didn't say anything for a bit, which is one of my miracles right there. Uh, and then this is what Dad said. This is the day that the Lord made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. His bride of 56 years was taken from him piece by piece. And we were getting ready to say goodbye to her for some time. I know we'll see her again. But all goodbyes stink, huh? But that was what was in Dad's mind. This is the day the Lord made. See, he had a, he had a light. And that lit up the darkness of the moment. And it was a conviction that what we're doing today, this is real. We truly believe that he was dead. That all of our sin and all of our guilt tore him to pieces and stuck him to a cross. And that our anger and our pride, our envy, our gluttony, all of it laid him in the ground. But that light was still burning. And he beat it. His love for you, greater than every sin committed in the history of humanity. And we believe that. And so we cry at graves. But we cry like people with hope. We cry at our frustration with our sin. But we cry as people with hope. We cry when we see what a mess we've made of the world and of our country and, dear God, our church. We cry like people with hope because there is a light, and that light is the fire of God's love, and a universe of darkness can never put it out. Amen? Amen.